Have you, talked to, have you talked to mom at all? Not today. Yes, I did. What am I saying? I talked to her this morning. Did she say anything weird? No. My uh, 60-year-old father, your 60-year-old father, <laughs> is redoing the grout in the kitchen. The... She did tell me this, so yes. So he's... Uh... That he didn't know you had to let it sit. Um, he was just wiping it off. Did so... she tell you that? Oh, was this bef- the, the current grout or the grout he did when we were kids? Because he has to redo the grout because when he did it when we were kids, he didn't do it right. Right. That's what happened. Yes. So now to sell the house, they have to redo the grout that we watched him do 20 years ago. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Good morning, good afternoon, good <laughs> evening, and good night. This is The Poptimist. I am your host, Billy McCartney, here with my co-host and sister. Dagny McCartney. I like that you said that like an answering machine. <laughs> it's a CBS uh, recording. <laughs> for, for your uh, uh, prescription I, pickups? Yeah, when I order my wow. Yeah. Well, welcome to the Poptimist. Welcome, listeners. Welcome, people walking by, passing someone with their radio turned up too loud. This is the Poptimist, a pop culture breakdown podcast mm-hmm. uh, with a disgusting focus on optimism. If you like it and other people don't like it, we want to hear about it. Yeah. We want to hear about your favorite thing. We like to nitpick pop culture in a way that feels good, in a way that feels mm-hmm. nice. Yes. Yeah, I don't want to hear 70 things wrong with the Avengers. I want to hear one thing right with the Avengers, you know? That's your that's your example of something that's polarizing to people? Yeah, the, the, the no Aven- one, like, it's, Avengers it's, Endgame was really divisive. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Most people hated that. It's really, sure. it's, well, it's probably because the production values were so low. <laughs> uh, I'm very excited to tell you what I watched yesterday, but you, first you, I'll ask you what you've been watching. Okay, because you have been telling me yeah. in the setup to this, you're like, I can't wait to tell you. And it's been like two hours of me just like waiting, and now we're going to wait longer? Yeah, go. What well, are you watching? I'm not, I don't want to talk about what I'm watching. I want to talk about the game the boyfriend was playing when you walked into the apartment today. Oh, yeah. Which is Dead by Daylight. Yeah, you hang people on... You hang people on hooks. Yeah, that's cute. What do, you, do you know how it works? Do you know the basic gist? What are you... You had fuzz on your face. Um... Podcasting in person. She's <laughs> picking fuzz off of my face. Uh, you explain that. So it came out in 2016, okay. but Dead by Daylight is like a love letter to horror movies. So um, basically it's a team-based objective multiplayer game there is one team of four and think of like cabin in the woods you know uh oh my goodness i should keep talking but i i just realized my phone wasn't on silent and i don't want to have a phone call in the middle of the podcast again i'm great so there's a one team of four and they're kind of like the they're like the four teenagers in like um that movie where his chainsaw is a hand and his name is ash and is bruce campbell the living dead the evil dead (laughs) It's like the Evil Dead, Cabin in the Woods. Pretend I know what I'm talking about when it comes to the history of horror movies, because I don't. (laughs) Um, So these four survivors are on a map, and scattered around the map are Mm -hmm. generators, and then there's these big exit gates. Mm -hmm. And they have to repair five generators in order to power the gates to escape. And if they escape, they win. The other team is one killer. And the killer is like uh, an homage to a famous horror movie villain, except then the game got big and now they're licensing like real, like Michael Myers is in the game, Leatherface is in the game, Ghostface is in the game. It's great. And the killer just walks around the map looking for survivors to attack. If they get injured, they can then be put on these hooks to be sacrificed to the entity. And if they're sacrificed, the killer gets points. But it's it's, it's different every time because it's four real people and one real person's the killer. And it's just been so much fun. I've been playing it uh, late into the night, cursing cursing my luck, cursing my enemies, getting all upset. Sounds it's, like a game mom would have loved you to play growing up. Um, 
Considering you couldn't play Resident Evil if the lights weren't all on and you had somebody in the room to comfort you while so, you played okay. it. Okay, so Resident Evil 4 came out when I was 14 or 15, <laughs> and it won Game of the Year everywhere. And I was never allowed to have M-rated games. And because this game won Game of the Year, I showed it to my mom. I said, it's a scary game, but I want to play it, and it's rated M. It was the first M-rated game I was ever allowed to buy. Okay. And my mom thought it was hilarious because she was like, we'll see. And then she learned that I wasn't, I'd never played a horror game ever. And I was calling <laughs> friends and talking to them on the phone as I played it. So I wouldn't be playing it alone. Oh, Although Resident Evil 4 still stands up. Maybe one of the best Resident Evils ever made. It's fantastic. Yeah, it is. I agree. So me now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Look at all this patience. I'm just you weren't even excited. You weren't even processing what I was saying. You just glazed look yeah, in your eyes as you were like, get to my story, Billy. Get to my story, Billy. Okay. Go. Uh, without further ado, last night I watched High School Musical 2. Or High School Musical, Here We Go Again. I've decided to call sequels. Um, You've seen this before. I don't think that I have. As this was happening, I was asking my roommate questions uh, because I was like, wait, Sharpay is in Detroit? And she's like, that was the whole first movie, Dagny. I was like, well, the first movie I remember, the basketball, the lunchroom song. Sharpay's also clearly into her brother. Yeah. Also, there's like some some weird sexual tension with Ryan and Corbin Blue. I don't remember his character's yes, name. Yes, yes, I remember that. They switch clothes at one point yeah. after the football game. After they and they're like wearing each other's clothes. It's very strange. They tried so hard. The, <laughs> what try, Ryan's her Sharpay's brother, right? Yes. Yeah, Ryan. Their attempt to make that character heterosexual was just painful. Yeah, him and Vanessa Hutchins, like, uh, Zac Efron, I guess, was supposed to pretend that he was threatened by Ryan flirting with. Vanessa Hutchins. I should know all their names. Gabriella, that's her name. Nice. Um, yeah, but the, I mean, too, it was good. I mean, not, it was good. It was fun. I had a really good time. Um, it was, the songs were... Tag me. This is the movie <laughs> that includes Bed on it, which yeah. is Zac Efron singing to no when one. When he looks in the pond and it's clearly photoshopped. Incredible. And I laughed so loud. He's dancing around some like golf course country club yeah. in New Mexico. Also, where's the first movie take place? Where's their, their high school? school is in Albuquerque. Albert, Albert. Okay, cool. I thought it was Ohio. No. Because I was like, why I is there... the same question because I was like, I thought they were in LA or something. I had no idea. There's, yeah, because I always thought their summer drive is they drove across country to Arizona That's or New thought. Mexico. They didn't drive to like, that far. Okay. They were going back to their homes at night and sleeping. I thought they were all just deserted on this country club. Gotcha. Um, gotcha, gotcha. But I learned some fun facts about it, about when it aired. Because Disney Channel knew how to market shit. Because... It was like a, a matinee viewing, I guess. They did this whole lead up, like Oscar's red carpet, basically, but with all the whole cast. Yeah. And then they showed the movie. Great. Iconic. And then after that was the first episode of Phineas and Ferb. Ashley Tisdale voices one of the characters in that. So she did this whole thing. She was like, oh, and I'm so excited for my new show. And then after that was the Hannah Montana Jonas Brothers crossover episode. It was a it was a night for Disney what Channel. What a time to be alive. Yeah, I remember that night, but I don't remember anything that happened in High School Musical 2 until yesterday. I was like, I mean, I remember I remember the the dance on the golf course. Yeah, but that I I told that to my roommate as well and she was like, "You know that like, cuz it's a meme." I was like, "Yes." Yeah, yeah, true, because yeah, I saw when they sunk up Let It Go to uh to mm -hmm. that song instead. And I remember the 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 homoerotic sexual, sexual tension in the baseball game. The baseball game. Oh, the baseball game was my favorite because the lyrics that Corbin Blue is singing is I don't dance. He's like, "I don't dance." The entire time he's dancing the entire yeah, time. It's classic. I'm just swinging a basketball or oh my god. Basketball is the first movie. Swinging a baseball bat around. Well, this is um, a, a shocking confession because we know that there's some things that I haven't seen that are mainstays, and I, I feel I have to get this off my chest to all the listeners out there. I've never seen High School Musical 3. I don't think I have either. It's fine. No, I know. It's, I, I'm not actually that worried about it. Yeah. 
Well, our guest loves High School Musical. That's hilarious. <laughs> so true. So I'm uh, quite biased about our guest today, so I'm going to let Billy introduce him if you're if you're ready. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> welcome to the stage, uh, filmmaker. Uh, a good hair haver, um, a man who has the audacity to think he can date my sister without asking for permission. Welcome, welcome, John Granite. Oh, welcome, welcome. Thank you. I do what I want, you know. Uh, well, thank you for having me, um, girlfriend not, and girlfriend's brother. Thank you. We're actually not talking about pop culture. This is an intervention. You guys have been together for a while and we have not joked. We have not had that discussion yet. Mm, Dagny, well. why are you dating me? Oh, These are all bad choices. <laughs> actually, actually, yes, Dagny. Oh, no. I don't, Why are you dating him? Like the there we go. The oh, it's a good oh, time. No. You said he has good hair. That's it. Good yeah. hair, and that's about it. And he has a good voice, as you can hear. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> anyway. Cool. John, uh, welcome to the Poptimus. Thank you. And thank you for letting me come to your apartment. It's lovely. Thank you. We're, we're all together. This is like the biggest social gathering I've had. And <laughs> it's three who of knows us. What, yeah, I know. Exactly. Three people. It's a uh, wonderful yep. time. You guys got over here and the boyfriend left. He was like, no, not dealing it. He's not gone. Not having that. Four is too many. <laughs> uh, well, uh, John... Here on the Poptimus, we like to be surprised by some fun pop culture thing you want to come and talk to us about. I know. Well, first, I want to surprise you with one thing. We were okay. talking about High School Musical 2. Yes. Uh -huh. I just want to let you know that the only way I have seen High School Musical 2 is a high school production theater play of it. Wait, not High School Musical 1. Not they did High School high Musical school. <laughs> They did 2. Okay. <laughs> they did okay. the country club. They did. I remember the baseball scene. I remember. <laughs> were they giving out the rights to it? They must have been. Of Honestly, course they were. It's Disney. Of course they were. I've heard people fight that two is better than one, and I think inconceivable. One. I think the music is better in one. I remember the music better, but two. It was a pretty fun story. Sure. I mean, it's a it's summer. It's a summer job. It's summertime. It's our vacation. <laughs> That's the song. Look, I mean. That's, I can't believe really got also, to me. I also can't believe where it's like. I just imagine like a like a regional theater with like season tickets and like a seventy year old woman and her husband. She's like, "We're gonna go see High School Musical too." Yeah. Well, Barbara, I didn't see the first one. Did they stage it last season? I can't see High School Musical. I would too. like to point out that they did not stage it last season. It. it was they went yes, straight into two. It. They were like, people love it. Wow. So wow. There you have it, folks. Now, Apparently, three is just sad because they're all about to graduate. Yeah, and, and as as we all know, um, graduating high school is the most traumatizing thing that can happen to a person, yeah. and the stakes will never be higher again ever in your life. Ever, never, never, never. never. It's the wow. pinnacle of being. Yes, <laughs> honestly, I watched this a reason I could talk about High School Musical two for too long, but I do want to hear what my boyfriend slash John has brought in for us to talk oh, about. Oh my goodness! Well, on a similar topic, guys, I want to talk about experimental literature <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> what is happening okay no, it's it. um so i oh it's I, i'm i'm on a second glass to, of wine i know it. exactly right but no to put it in this way i want to talk about kind of like advanced choose your own adventure books. okay okay i'm into okay and tell me all about it so guys i brought you some stuff to peruse oh my he brought literature there's i brought no, literature wow look at this so first, this is heard about House, House of Leaves. Leaves. Fantastic book. And we'll probably talk about that the most. Yes. But what I am currently reading is S, uh, which is a book that was developed by J.J. Abrams yes, I... and then written by Doug Durst. It is spectacular. Shout out to uh, my friend Charlie, who recommended this book 
literally years ago and i said sure and then never ever ever Ever, I'll, I'll let you it. borrow it. I'm only a couple of chapters in, um, but it is really fun. And the reason I like talking about the wanted to talk about these books in particular um, is because you know those those scenes in movies where you're you're watching the person and they're doing their research and they're like flipping around, they're doing all sorts of notes and they're like solving mm-hmm. puzzles and stuff. They're like yeah. a real archaeologist or, or mystery man. Yeah, like that scene in Goonies that movie Dagny had never seen. I know, my God, <laughs> until this past weekend. Still bitter about it. Sorry, go ahead. But that is the sort of feeling that these books sort of encapsulate in my mind, mm-hmm. right? Um, they're just really cool. Um, so for people who haven't read House of Leaves, I guess, we'll start with um this is the one that i've actually finished um <laughs> they're they're um it takes some time to actually read these books but essentially they're they're multiple stories within one uh this house of leaves is about geez how do, how do i even like begin to explain it um it's about a a, a character johnny who goes to a dead man's apartment and they kind of sneak around and they find this manuscript for a documentary that nobody knows about. And so it's kind of just talking about this documentary of this family that moves into a house and this house for some odd reason is bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. Mm, um, Tardis house. It's a Tardis house. Yeah, exactly. Bingo. Um, they they go on vacation. They come back, and all of a sudden, there is you know a door that wasn't there. That it's like in their closet. Um, their shelves don't line up anymore. And so the husband goes outside and he measures the outside of his house, and then he looks at the inside of the house, and it just doesn't equate. Um, and eventually, um, it just kind of starts exploring what's going on with this house. Uh, so you have three different stories going on. You have the documentary transcript of what is going on with this house. Mm-hmm. You have the dead man's footnotes within there that are explaining what he thinks is going on with this movie. Um, there are articles from critics of this movie who are, who are talking about this film. Cool. And then you have a second layer of footnotes, which are um, Johnny, who is this uh, tattoo artist who discovers this manuscript and sort of the stuff that's going on in his life uh, and how this manuscript and novel are affecting his life. Very um, cool. So not only do you have that, but you have these cool pages. Like the, the book itself is a work of art. Um, here, I'll show you some of my favorite pages um, over here. It really just explains what's in the house but you'll just see it's like in this, like some of the stuff is written backwards, mm-hmm. uh, some of it's forward, some of it's upside down. And so you're, you're like flipping stuff around. You're having to read it in a mirror. Some of the pages <laughs> are completely blank themselves. I love this. And it's just a really cool way to write a book about uncertainty and family and kind of venturing into the unknown. Um, it's called House of Leaves because... The house is changing, uh, and the pages change as well with every single page. Um, So it's just a – I think these sort of books really get to explore um, uh, themes in a a very deep manner, just the way that they are formatted themselves. I I love this. As you're talking, I'm trying to think of of examples – that I've read examples of, of, of experimental literature like this. And I've got, I've got three off the top of my Ooh, head. Wow. Look at that. Oh, wow. um, the first one that's really simple. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what it's called. It's uh, 
before Twin Peaks season three premiered, which mm-hmm. there was a 25 year gap between season two and season three, um, they published a dossier, which was um, one of the characters from the show. It was her, she's an FBI agent. It was her collection of documents. And then in the margins, it was her notes. <laughs> totally. and it was all like leading up to the show. And that was very cool. Yeah. Um, I also, years ago, I read um, the reprint of Invisible Monsters by Chuck Palahniuk. Ooh. I'm going to say his name wrong, but uh, yeah. he wrote Fight Club famously. Yeah. Yeah. And Invisible Monsters is about a supermodel who is in a car crash. She is severely disfigured. And then a bunch of other stuff happens. And it's great. Um, but he said when he was young, it was the second book ever. They wouldn't let him publish it the way he wanted, which is a choose your own adventure. Not, not really. It's actually not choose your own adventure. The book's just out of order. And every chapter says flip to this page. Totally. And he said he wants to do that because then you never know how close you are to the end. But also... Um, if you want, disregard that completely and just read it in order as it's printed and you get a different interpretation of the story. Absolutely. That's fine. Um, and then my third example is one of my all-time favorite books and one of my all-time, a movie that exists, <laughs> it's not right, is Cloud Atlas. Ooh, yes. Um, yeah. uh, Cloud Atlas is a phenomenal book. The movie does not follow the format of the book. But the book, like the first story starts in like the 1850s and all of a sudden you turn the page and you're in the 1920s. And you're reading the story in the 1920s, and the guy who's the narrator of that, he's like, by the way, I found this journal of this ship captain in 1860, but the journal's ripped in half. Mm-hmm. Can you try to find me the rest? And so you have these six stories where you only read the first half, and then you the second half of the book is the back half of all the stories going down, but they all link through this narrative structure of them finding the rest of the story. This is very cool. Nice. It's yeah. it's so much fun. I think it just adds another layer of, uh, of intrigue. I, I mean, especially when you're dealing with things like mystery. Um, House mm-hmm. of Leaves is very like mysterious. You know, you have this documentary that doesn't seem to exist in the real world. And you have, um, I mean, I don't really want to give anything away, but just all these creepy things that are happening. Um, and it just adds this other layer of, of mystery. The, the, the same with S over here, um, where when you buy S, you're actually buying the book Ship of Theseus. I was going to say, there is nothing on the outside of this book calls it Yeah, S exactly. So you're really buying the book of, uh, or the Ship of Theseus, which is a book written by this author named V.M. Straka. And he has a very mysterious sort of life uh, where, you know, people don't really know. Nobody's really seen him. A lot of people think that he is both uh, a publisher and an editor, um, and that he just gave pseudonyms to these people. Cool. And uh, and then he has a very mysterious death in which he falls to his death. But while you're reading this book, these two other characters that write notes in the margins of Ship of Theseus start to pick up on clues as to what happened to V.M. Straka and whether or not he's dead, whether or not there are all these other personalities that he had that kind of coalesced into creating, you know, one person. Um, And then on top of that, there are newspaper articles and you saw that like wheel... Exactly, yeah, where you're you're decrypting messages within the books and like within the That's footnotes, fun. you have to like look for special clues. Hey, does reading a book take you time? Well, hey, this <laughs> book includes homework. Book, yeah, exactly, right? It's <laughs> built in. And God, what a nerd I am because like no, one of my one of the things that I loved great. in movies was like 
like I said, you know, watching those people who are like looking through hundreds of books and they're like tabbing pages and all this stuff. I don't stuff. know why my reference point is Gandalf in the first Lord exactly. of the Rings. Exactly. <laughs> he's got the mini and he's just got yeah. all these scrolls. Exactly. Well, that that is just, that is a feeling that I've always wanted to have, you know, mm-hmm. where you're just, you're putting together these puzzles and these mysteries. And I love books that find a way for the author to tell this story that they have to tell, but to let the reader interact within the medium as well and sort of um, explore it on their own. I think it's really, really cool. This is cool. Yeah, this is great. I think, um, um, like, choose your own adventure kind of uh, just subject matter in general is a cool new thing that we have because yeah. no more. I've told I, both of you, I think I've told you about, Yeah, but it's um, Macbeth to- told through dance uh, and the people who go to the show can follow whichever character they want. And I think it's cool that people can experience it in different ways. And when I went, I followed Lady Macbeth for an entire time. They do the show three times in a row, followed her. Afterward, somebody that I went with, they were like, oh, I only saw her like once the whole night. And it's a three hour show. They, they were like, we saw her in the like end. I didn't know that you could like go into different rooms with her. And she kissed me on the mouth at one point, which was wild. <laughs> Hot. Yeah. Love it, ladies that and was gentlemen. crazy. It was really good. But yeah, I no. think just in general, like choose your own adventure and I don't know, doing puzzles and that kind of thing. It's great. Well, it's really cool. And the, the whole interactive experience is, is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, you have kind of like that adage where every story has already been told, right? And this kind of adds a new element in which you get to choose how that story is told to you. You get to kind of allow yourself to follow the characters that are really inspiring you or, you know, these little messages that, you know, you just want to dive deep into. Mm -hmm. It's it's a really unique experience. I really, I really like this. And it feels like like an open world video game in a book. Yeah. Exactly. It, an open world video game that does open world correctly. I'm sorry, I don't <laughs> want to get on a tangent here, but like, don't force me to follow a linear plot. If you, you know what, Skyrim, Breath of the Wild, they know what they're doing, Horizon yeah, Zero Dawn, other one, you know, never mind. That's a rant. <laughs> hey, no, bring it on. I mean, no, I mean, it really is kind of like a game in book form, um, yeah. which is really, really cool. And um, I think we're seeing it a lot in visual media as well. I was trying to think of other sort of correlations between sort of um, choose your own adventure literature and now the visual medium. And I don't know if you guys watched Mosaic at all, no, Steven Soderbergh, no but that is, uh, it was a show that Steven Soderbergh did in which it is choose your own adventure. You have, you are introduced into this mystery and after a 15 minute clip or something, you are given two pathways in which you get to choose. And you get to choose if you want to see this person's version of the next certain events or you get to choose this person that's cool and so you can kind of go down this deep path of um certain characters that you find more fascinating well mary kind of did it yeah 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 netflix is starting to snatch yeah yeah. i would like to see more of that because that was fun well we also in the past very baseline and i didn't even know that there was like a fight scene you could get to if you went the right (laughs) way didn't get to that one well with when it comes to like netflix doing these choose your own adventure things we also saw kind of a surge what five ten years ago of video games that were entirely but the when uh what were they talk tales no um Mm, telltale mm -hmm. telltale game Shout out to Talk Tales, the podcast, by the way. I've been on that show. Um, Telltale Games, where (laughs) the gameplay was just choosing what happened. Do you say this? Do you go here? And they did a um, uh, uh, Left 4 Dead story. They did a Game of Thrones story. And then they did a whole lot of um, original content where you you complete all you do is decide what to say and where to go. There's no combat. There's no walking. And you completely dictate the story. 
Also, um, the Game of Thrones one was extremely stressful because you're, you're only playing as characters that aren't in the show. So you're like, they could just die now. How about now? How about now? It's terrifying. Um, it is really cool. Yeah, this is very, uh, and, cool. and the, the other uh, book that I brought in that I just want to talk about briefly, um, because I think a lot of these choose-your-own-adventure stories really um stick to mystery yeah um but one book that i haven't gotten around to yet but i think it's really cool um it's called the unfortunates by bs johnson written back in the 60s um but it's technically a book in a box um so what he did is he wrote um the way you read this book is you have a first part uh, and a last part, which you have to read in order. And then he has several middle parts that you just get to choose how you want to read them. They look like little, since you haven't, aren't seen yeah. it, if you're listening to this, they look like almost little pamphlets or leaflets. Little, wow. Yeah. And just the length of like a chapter. The reason I, the reason I bring this one up is because it's all about memory. It's about a man, um, a sports writer who revisits a town that he grew up in. And as he is wandering this town, he has memories of a past childhood with a with a friend of his who died of cancer. Yeah. And so it's really cool to see how the author encapsulates the idea of like remembering <laughs> moments of your life where it's it's not dictated necessarily as it usually is within a straightforward plot. Yeah. But it's it's random. It's just you get to choose how these memories come into your brain and and get to know this man's life and get to re-remember this man's life as if he were re-remembering it. That's very That's cool. So cool. Um, and I just think it's it's just so much fun. I, I, I love that you brought in like a genre instead of a single object. I, I know. I was, I, I asked Dagny before and I was like, I don't want to just talk so about, I was nervous. Yeah. Um, well, um, you heard it here, experimental literature and some recommendations for House of Leaves. House of Leaves. S and S. The Unfortunates. Yes, absolutely. Check them out. Wow. They're spectacular. They're fun stuff. I'm yeah, honestly, fun I'm going to steal. Maybe we'll see. We'll see yeah, what happens. Borrow, when borrow House of Leaves. I'm reading us, so I'm All sorry. Right, you can I, have I got to hold on to that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, so before we go, towards the end of the show, we like to yes. do a little a little Hollywood realism. We're talking about elevator pitches. We're talking about pitching shows in general. So what we're going to ask you to do is, uh, uh, get, well, hold on. Dagny is having a coughing fit, <sighs> and she's trying really hard to pretend like it's not happening. No, we're good. We're good. We're good. So uh, who, wants to, who wants to go first? I always go first. You can go okay, first. Okay, cool. So why don't you leave the room? Yeah. And I'll do... Oh, oh I didn't realize. I didn't realize they were told me separately. What happens when you, like, give me the same idea? Uh, right? You just gotta see who pitched it better. <laughs> then you go to the bathroom. Close the door. It's hot in there. Okay. All right. She's gone. All right, John. What is... So basically, we're gonna ask you for a genre and an object, and I'm gonna have 30 seconds to pitch you my idea. I love it. Um, we were... You were talking about monsters earlier. Yeah. Uh, and you were talking about... Uh, the last episode was about um, British, like, baking shows and stuff like that. I'm one teen. What I want is an HGTV channel original for um, Universal Monsters. I'm on board. I'm gonna start the timer. Okay, so first of all, um, it's it's got to only be filmed at night. The logistics of it is going to be tough because mm-hmm. be, because um, a vampire, preferably Dracula himself, will be the host. So yeah, okay, perfect. And it's going to be house renovations. We're going to get the mummy. We're going to get Frankenstein. But also, it's going to be cozy. It's going to be like who are those two? <laughs> that couple from Texas, the Gaines. They live in in where Baylor is. I've been to their place. Um, Fixer Upper. It's going to be like Fixer Upper, but only at night. Only dilapidated theaters. Only graveyards. Only crypts. And they're going to have twenty four hours to forty eight hours to completely redo their horror show. And that's 
30 seconds. Beautiful. All right. Fantastic. I'm going to shout for her because I don't want to stand up. Okay. Dagny. <laughs> Dagny, dear. Dagny, come come on over. Come here. All right. Okay, what is it? Uh, yeah, okay, here we go. I would like an HGTV original channel okay. show uh-huh. for Universal Monsters. Go? Sure, go. Oh, great, okay. Um, all right, so do you know who Chip and Joanna Gaines are? I do not. Okay, so the show Fixer Upper. Incredible. <laughs> okay, uh, so they're based in Waco, Texas, but replace Chip and Joanna Gaines with Frankenstein and the, no, Dracula. No, Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein, and they are—they are taking people around to different houses. Um, however, these houses, instead of fixing them up, they're making them look more haunted. So they're dressing them down as much as possible. They're like, "How spooky can we make this house so that the uh, yeah, they're basically haunted houses." Time, time, I'm dying! Wow, wow, wow! Time. Exactly what I said would happen happened. Really? I brought up Fixer Upper. I brought up Chip and Joanna. I brought up Waco, <laughs> Texas, and Baylor. I'm screaming. See, I was expecting. The problem with siblings. I know, my goodness. Are you guys related? I I had to look away. I was. I was amazed because what I thought you were going to go with. Yeah, what was? What would your pitch be? I'm curious. uh, I was going to go with um, sort of like a Hannibal cooking show. Sort of. We've been we've been watching Hannibal, Hannibal, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that's where I thought you were going to go with it. If you had given us cooking channels instead of HGTV, I would have I guess I kind of just put them together. They're two separate things. They are two separate things. Wow. Home and gardening television. Home and gardening and the food network, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Can you tell that I I watch these regularly? Uh, but the most important thing about this podcast is you do have to pick a winner. I do have to pick a winner. My God, this is even more tough. (laughs) Not only do I have the girlfriend angle, but I have the same show presented to me. (laughs) <laughs> okay, can I can I get um, what your differences were? So um, my biggest thing was it was hosted by a dra- by, Dracula. by Dracula. That's right. So You're it has to, it has to film at night, and mine was a renovation oh. show, whereas Dagny's was about horroring it up. She was mm. about dressing down and the location. Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein yes. are Chip and Joanna, and they can dress in their like rustic attire. They can look like them, wear a wig, uh, but they are still Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, boy, gosh. Um, I, I, I am going to go with Dagny just because <laughs> I want to see the bickering between yeah. Bride of Frankenstein <laughs> and Frankenstein over the decor of their home. No, as soon as she said that, and then when she was like, and then we're going to dress it down, make it scarier. I was you know, like, I like that better than like, mine. Mm, this really isn't in our price point. Um, <laughs> you know? Let's make it worse. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. 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 Um, impressive. I, Thank I would you. absolutely watch those shows. I wish we you had a camera on me Ooh. when you were pitching yours because as soon as you were <laughs> you like, both so I mean, funny. when you said you said fixer upper and then you said Waco, I was like, it's the same pitch. We're doing the same <laughs> thing. The same pitch. That's so funny. Oh wow. Well, cool. Wow, guys, Thank this so was much, a grand old time. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for coming. I, I had a blast. Thanks for letting me talk about books. I yeah. like it. I thought I'd change it up a little bit. We, I figured yeah. you're getting a lot of TV. We've been getting a lot of TV. You know? and a lot of, yeah, apps. So, God, apps. Yeah, yeah we, we talk about, talk TikTok. Oh, TikTok. That's that right. That's fun. something that yeah. I could app. Yeah, this was a nice mix-up. I really like the you know, Taking it old school. Yeah. Getting to the page. Always. Well, cool. Yes. This has been John Gronin. Welcome. John Gronin. What did Gronin. I just Gronin. say? Gronin. Gronin. <laughs> Gronin. Um, before we go, you, I just, uh, you have anything you want to pitch? <laughs> promote. <laughs> promote. Even if it's just, hey, I want more Instagram followers. You know, Instagram really is the only... 
social media that I have. Let's yeah. be honest. Nice. Uh, so sure. Follow me if you don't want to see me post pictures. <laughs> um, but I am actually working on an experimental novel myself. Oh, so nice. look out for that. And uh, look out for me. I'll give you a wink and some finger guns and it'll be mm-hmm. great. Yes. yes cool. Yes. yes. All right. So that was the Poptimist podcast with John Grannon today. Um, and just always with my co-host, I'm always the co-host when you exit. Um, so my name is Dagny McCartney. Thank you so much for listening. And with my co-host here, I'm Billy McCartney. I'm her brother. Yes. So thank you so much. Uh, uh, good night. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Goodbye. Get out of here. Hang up the phone. Turn off the podcast. Park your car. Leave. I love you. Bye. Bye.